Uh, Lex, if there's one thing I know about you, it's that you are super concerned about uh, Windows 10 and privacy issues. It's all I think about. Yeah, I know. You can't get sleep. Uh, it's affecting your relationship with your dog. <laughs> you have no idea. The whole thing seems pretty pretty gross to me too. I have to I have to agree with you, Lex, that this this situation does not seem does not seem very good. It kind of just seems like Microsoft is basically since they have to give the operating system away now because that's what everybody does is that you have to you're just given software now. Nobody pays for anything yeah, anymore. No. That the only way to make any money is to steal things from you. <laughs> well, so, so what is he, what exactly is Microsoft doing? I have not followed this. I didn't even know there was a story that I was missing. Yeah, so let me. I'm going to read you a a little bit from their their license agreement here. This sounds like podcasting gold. I'm ready. <laughs> this is, yeah, right. Will you do it in a Bill Gates should impression I do it, voice? Should I do it? Uh, I don't. I don't know if I can do Bill Gates. Um, is there a voice that I can? Bb Herman. I don't know. Hey, yeah, we'll we'll take it as Bb Herman. That's fine. <laughs> we will access, disclose, and preserve personal data, including your content, such as the content of your emails, other private communications, or private. Wait, or files in private folders. When we have a good faith belief that doing so is necessary to. <laughs> <laughs> oh right. How could you that. not click agree to that? That's like if anybody, if people should start doing Pee Wee Herman for all of their like terms and conditions, and should, people will just it should just yeah. you know like yeah like see, like uh, whatever that uh, voiceover yeah you know, it just it should just read it aloud like that. That's, because the, he he needs the work. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, I think he's doing okay. I think he's, I think yeah. that Paul Rubens is fine. I think he's doing fine. But you don't see I don't see enough of him. Let's just put That's it that way. That's no doubt. But and so they, I believe they are making another show, right? Yeah, on Netflix with yeah. uh, Judd Apatow. Yeah, it's got to be good. It's but so be. you're saying though that <laughs> that the claim is um that Microsoft can can and will access they're and just, sell your personal information they're just going to read your emails is basically they're well i mean the the idea i think is that they're going to go through your stuff to figure out things that you might be interested in and then they're going to they're going to push ads to you and 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 sell that information to other parties in order to for them to push ads to you that's really crappy um i'm trying to find like a synopsis of sort of like the kinds of things that they uh, get into um so this is cory doctorow on boing boing so you know this is going to be the the most <laughs> the most extreme opinion about it right i mean so by he says by default microsoft gets to see your location keystrokes and browser history oh and listen God. and listen to your microphone and some stuff that is shared and some of that stuff is shared with trusted by microsoft partners wow quote, tr- quote trusted by microsoft partners that's really, I mean, keystrokes and microphone are both pretty bad. Yeah. And supposedly, so you can, there are uh, settings that you can go into to turn some of this stuff off. However, I've also read, I believe this is on, let's see if I still have that one open, on um, Ars Technica, that they turned that some of that stuff off and they found that Windows 10 still sent a bunch of traffic back to back to microsoft wow. so so turning it off doesn't necessarily stop it completely they're still sending something <laughs> and has microsoft said anything about it publicly yet uh satya nadella has said that it's okay <laughs> <laughs> guys guys it's fine it's fine don't so, worry about it yeah i mean writing in uh so the uh, 
an opinion column in the Wall Street or Washington Post was. Uh, I really missed this whole story. Some, some guy was saying, I talked to Satya Nadella and he said it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, So don't worry about it, I think is the upshot. Well, yeah. It, so, you know, and I have to worry about this a little bit because my kid has got has got a Windows machine. Not that he has access to it right now, but he has a Windows machine. Although I would so. say, like, th- that's the one place where I wouldn't worry about it, right? This way Microsoft can maybe tell you if he's doing anything terrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I'm hoping it would actually, might, it might actually improve the situation. It's possible. Yeah, like, hey, what's what's been up to on the old computer? <laughs> <laughs> Not that. Man, oh, man. Um, yeah. That's really, um, that's screwed up. And it's the kind of thing that... Uh, I mean, can you imagine if Apple were doing it? Can you yeah. imagine if, if you know, Yosemite or uh, what's coming next? Mac Weldon? No, that's not what it is. Uh, highfalutin. I'll get there. El, El Capitan. El Capitan. That's the one. Yeah. If El Capitan comes out and is like, oh, by the way, you also have to agree to that. And it's opt yeah. out to turn these it's things not, off. And it's not like they're, they've are they always been perfect on stuff that gets stuffed into user agreements. I mean, the the iTunes user agreement is usually the one that where all the junk gets put right yeah uh the things that you don't it's like i don't even remember what it is but it's like allusions to you not owning anything that's yours or something well, like that. I, what's nice with apple though is even if apple said hey we're going to reserve the right to store all of your data and snoop through it in our cloud we know that they're terrible at cloud managers <laughs> anyway so it's not like they're going to do anything with it like they, yeah. they they'll never right. be able to keep track of it all they're going to sure. lose it it's not going to work. Yeah. Just, Microsoft they knows what they're doing. Through. They've got that whole thing. <laughs> Azure. Azure, yeah, yeah, that's right. Is that our first advertiser? <laughs> no, but I think that <laughs> one of us used a French pronunciation. I don't know which one of us it was. <laughs> I don't know. It was, might have been me. Azure. <laughs> but I think, it's, I think it's Azure, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, but yeah, it doesn't uh, matter. Pro tip to companies out there doing branding, pick words that everybody knows how to say. Because <laughs> uh, I think everybody stumbles over Azure. <laughs> Yeah. We should note that Dan's not here today, right? I guess because What? Yeah. Did you know that? I had no idea. It's just, okay. it's just he's how not usually just, he doesn't talk. Yeah, he's not just being yeah, unusually quiet. <laughs> Keep it down, Morin. Very demure. Yeah. Dan so. is on a field trip to uh Seattle, Washington to try to find some of his private data. So Well they're not in Seattle, right? Redmond. Good he's, luck. He went to Redmond to see if he could find his personal data. He's not there yet, I don't think. Um and we should also say that normally Dan edits this show, and since he wasn't around, you get live to tape. <laughs> Lex and John. <laughs> nobody, nobody is editing. Up. There's editing. no editing. Yeah, we're trying very hard not to talk over each other. <laughs> it's not going to work. A... <laughs> <laughs> well, you Why mentioned advertisers, so I could tell you quickly about one of them because we have sure. we have two different advertisers today. Uh, two repeat advertisers, and I'm pretty excited about both of them. So this episode is brought to you in part by Skillshare, where you can explore thousands of online classes in design, photography, business, and more. Join a learning community of over 1 million creators to share your work and collaborate with students around the world. Learn from the world's best teachers. They've got Jessica Heesh, who teaches about hand lettering, Aaron Draplin, logo design, Envision has courses on web design. You want to do photography? they got photographers. Amy Vitale from National Geographic, Jeff Johnson from Patagonia, Daniel Krieger, who's the New York Times food photographer. They all have classes. You want to do business? How about Simon Sinek, Guy Kawasaki, or Seth Godin teaching you classes? Learn at your own, pay, your own pace, in your own place. So it's your own pace and your own place. Watch classes on your own schedule. Learn by doing. Create real projects and get feedback from the Skillshare community. 
watch bite-sized video lessons, and complete most classes in under an hour. That's about as much time as it takes to listen to this podcast. Affordable monthly subscription that gives you unlimited access to the entire catalog of over a thousand online classes. Learn from anywhere and download classes to watch offline, which is honestly one of my favorite features. Uh, the Skillshare mobile apps work on both Apple and Android devices. That way, if you're going on an airplane like I'm doing later on today, uh, I can watch Skillshare classes while I'm at 30,000 feet. So that's pretty good. I do my best learning at 30,000 feet. So go to Skillshare.com. That's S-K-I-L-L, share. Dot com and get three free months with the discount code REBOUND at checkout for new customers. So thanks to Skillshare. Remember, you're going to go to Skillshare.com. you got to use that offer code REBOUND to get three free months. Skillshare.com, creativity for everyone and you. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, if uh, our listeners are anything like me, then they desperately need someone to share skill, their skills with them. So Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well... It's good stuff. And uh, they have a great course on um, violating people's privacy. And Microsoft, <laughs> no, they don't. They don't. They don't. You just have to learn that. That's on the job. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's on the job stuff. Uh, speaking of on the job, hey, are you going to go work at Amazon? <laughs> <laughs> I think I'll pass. <laughs> go pass. I did once apply for a job at Amazon. but uh, You live in the right place. That did not, uh, that didn't pan out, fortunately. I did wow. not even get I, I I had I had a really I think kind of a decent amount of skills applicable to the job. Um did not get in asked in for an interview. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm well, not sure I think why. You, I think you lucked out to be honest. Yeah, but I'm not I'm not really worried about it at this point. Um I will say in case people haven't in case people have followed the Amazon story as closely as I followed this Microsoft Windows 10 story. Um <laughs> The New York Times published an epic article over the this past weekend talking about how horrible it is to work at Amazon. Um, we, at Midroll, actually, one of my newest colleagues we hired from Amazon. And before that article had hit the, you know, Twitter in massive droves the way it eventually did, he emailed it to the management team and was like, just so you know, every word of this is true, but I swear I never cried at work. Um because it talks about how like seeing, mm-hmm. you know, adults crying in their offices was a very common sight. And you're, uh, they talked about marathon conference calls on Easter and on Thanksgiving. Um, and uh, you were expected to be the <laughs> work all day and all night and work on vacation. And if you go to a vacation that doesn't have Wi-Fi, you are <laughs> bad. And if you get breast cancer or have children or have an <laughs> ill husband, um, that's a fireable offense, basically. That's, that's on kinda, you. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Yeah. I, there was, there's someone I follow on Twitter who used to work there and he, and he said, I think he tweeted that, man, this seems over the top, but at the same time, there's nothing in here that's, that's wrong. (laughs) Yeah. And so, I, I mean, I found the article really distasteful and I mean, I will acknowledge I have worked kind of only at startups with the exception of Macworld <laughs> and um, that worked out well but so <laughs> I, I quit before they could fire me but, so, when, but no I, I mean I worked at internet startups and to me like I owe my current job at an internet startup I mean now owned by a giant you know public traded company but still I owe my current job to the fact that I went to Macworld because it was the first time I had a 9 to 5 job and since I had a 9 to 5 job where I wasn't working all the time I had free time to start a podcast and the rest is like what my career became. Mm-hmm. But uh, every other job I've had, you know, at the parent company of MySpace and then at Demand Media and here at Midroll, you are expected to work more than traditional working hours. But it's 
not like what they're describing at Amazon. No. And like especially here at Midworld where the management team has, I think, uh, amongst the five of us, three of us are dads of children under, you know, with at least one child under the age of one. Uh, no, I don't have that. So at least one child under the age of five. Um, uh, so like we're trying to have some work-life balance and make sure that people are, you know, taking time with their families. But like the Amazon situation sounded horrible. I will say though, yeah. I, I like that open letter that Jeff Bezos, Bezos, I, Jeff Azure. Oh, I, I like the open letter <laughs> that he published today. You didn't see it. I did not see it. I heard I, but, but again, isn't that just sort of like, no, this is not right. <laughs> well, so no, what his email said wasn't even exactly, this is not right. Uh, and I agree. Jason Snell was talking about it with Glenn on Twitter. You might've been on that exchange. Actually, I don't remember, but uh, I kind of agree with Jason's not. optimistic take on this where basically my paraphrasing of Jeff's email was um, nobody would want to work at a company that's like the company described in the New York Times article. It's not the Amazon I know. And if you experience things like the horrible things they're describing, please contact HR and or me. Here's my email address, Jeff at Amazon.com. And, um, uh, you know, and we want to take care of it right away because it's unacceptable. And, you know, Glenn's kind of, Glenn Fleischman, who has previously worked at Amazon Mm -hmm. for six short months and left like six months before he could have become a multimillionaire and says he has never regretted it because what else is he going to do? Say he's drunk all the time now. (laughs) But so, (laughs) but Glenn was like, you know, he's in his ivory tower, so he doesn't realize it because he's surrounded by, you know, I'm very much paraphrasing Glenn. You know, he's surrounded by executive yes men, so he doesn't realize it. But Jason's like... Or it could be, Jason Snell is like, or it could be that, you know, it's he didn't realize that things had gotten so out of hand and he does want to fix it because he realizes that he doesn't want to run a company that's like that. And I choose to go that way. Like, I choose mm. to believe that he probably knew that he was working his employees very hard, but maybe didn't realize how bad it was. Because the New York Times <laughs> article is shameful. There's a third option, too, you know. <laughs> that that he, he does know and he's just blowing smoke. That's all. Yes, absolutely. Yes. That's another option. And yeah. I wouldn't, I, you know, I don't know what, I don't know which one of them. I don't know which one of the three it is. Yeah. Certainly. No, it's impossible I mean. to know, but man, anybody yeah. who stays there, like apparently Amazon has some of the worst employee retention around. <laughs> yeah. Like most people last a year or two. Right. Uh, the guy we hired from Amazon lasted a year or two. Um, but, <laughs> uh, and, um, you know, was, what I found, one of the most interesting tidbits to me was this guy talks about in that article was he's like, I was called into a meeting uh, for an employee review and they told me how bad I was and all the things I did wrong and how little I had satisfied everybody. And here was my promotion. <laughs> I just found that fascinating. Um, and uh, well, the one one thing that they have is is. And trying to remember if Microsoft got rid of this or if they're still if they still have it, but is that stacked ranking thing, which uh, drives me berserk. I believe Microsoft did like get a, rid of it. Well, yeah, I think they did, which is like a pirate ship. Basically, it's just that like the bottom ten percent of people just get summarily executed. I mean, they get right. they get they get cut. Um, <laughs> you just you have to you have to find somebody to, to fire, and that's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I, so I, I worked in financial services for a long time and the company was family owned for a long time and it was a great company and people worked a lot. Uh, but there was also, you know, because it was family owned, there was a pretty good recognition that, okay, you, you need time for your family and everybody should take vacations and everybody gets decent amount of vacations and, and you get this many personal days and, you know, we're, we're very happy for you to take them. Uh, and nobody really got dinged for you know, for anything like that. And then the company got sold (laughs) and it was no longer a family owned company. And, 
they had a 10 year agreement that they that the company could the company that bought it couldn't do anything uh make any major changes to policies like that and then the minute the 10 years was up they tried to put in for stack ranking and we were just like we were like no 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 and managed managed to prevent that uh but still it was it was a vastly different company than than what it was before so i'm not there anymore (laughs) yeah but you miss it every day Oh sure, yeah. It does that particularly commuting I miss. Well, oh look at the man, you are a Segway god today. <laughs> did you do that on purpose? Tell me the no, truth. No, I did not. Because speaking of commuting, it sounds like maybe in a few years you could commute to work. I mean not you since you work from home like a chump. <laughs> like me and Dan. <laughs> Dummy. Um But it sounds like Apple really is truly, sincerely, honestly working on a a, a car of some sort. Oh, uh, and some say it's self-driving and some say maybe it's not. But I think it probably is self-driving. Well, except the, the stuff that was reported, right, doesn't, doesn't, does not indicate that at all. Yeah. Uh, I, but I believe that the facility, so read. yeah, so they published the thing where people, <laughs> my favorite quote in that whole article was the guy who's like, we're not allowed to talk about it at all. The only thing I'm allowed to say is how I'm not allowed to talk about it at all because I have a signed agreement with Apple. It's like, they don't want you to say that either. You're just supposed to have denied it, you idiot. But I, my understanding is that Apple has reserved space or attempted to reserve space or something at a facility that is only used for testing self-driving cars. Oh, is that what that, that is? Oh, that was my interpretation. It's only of the used for self. What, what kind of a world do we live in? That there's a test facility <laughs> that's only used for self. Modern. What? <laughs> what kind of bullshit world do we live in? <laughs> Nobody even has a self-driving car yet. Oh, uh, I guess well, they. I guess they have to test. I guess they have to test them first. I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> I guess that's how that works. They're self-driving me crazy. Still, I find that. <laughs> I still, I find that. I find that surprising, but. I'm sure there's a lot that goes on in the world that I don't know about. There, I said it. Wow. Everybody's been thinking it, I know. Yeah. But I finally said it. I want a self-driving car so bad. Do you really? I wanted an electric car really bad, and I have one. As and you now, know. oh, so because it, oh, because you got that thing where you just need, you need the next thing. Well, no, it's it like because I, it's, it's really, it's kind of almost the opposite with cars. I just don't give a shit about cars. I'm not a car guy. I never have been. Um, I was driving behind a Tesla the other day in my leaf and thinking about just how inferior I was, but I would never pay what a Tesla costs ever. Like it's, I can't see spending that much on a car. I would much rather spend that money on like 12 vacations. I take either cheap or expensive vacations, whatever that works out to be. But like, I don't, I can enjoy driving, no question. And for whatever reason, if I, when I take the kids to an amusement park, wrong podcast. But if there's, you know, one of those rides where you can drive, I always enjoy that too, even though I get to drive real actual cars too. But if I could just get stuff done in a self-driving car that I didn't have to worry about, I would love that. I think that's awesome. I'm so in. Like, cause then I just never have to think about the car again. I feel like I'd worry about it all the time though. Like, like I, I think, it, yeah, I mean, you know, I already have it. So I already have like the fear of flying. Right. So I, so that like an out of control situation where somebody else is, is doing the driving and, and I'm never really even crazy about it being in a car. When, I mean, I don't have that. I will happily get in a car. I don't have any anxiety about it, but it's not, it's not nearly the same as like flying for me. But at the same know. time, at the same time, I, you know, I've got a manual transmission. <laughs> well, I, that I, understand. I like that control. I like I like really being in in charge of that 
I, particular situation. My guess, and obviously who, who the hell knows, but my guess is you get over the fear of the self-driving car pretty quickly. Like it takes a week or two of you sitting and being like, wow, look at the wheel turning by itself. This is so After creepy. After the third crash, you get yeah. But no, like for me, I'm scared in a plane because of the humans involved. Like I'm scared when I'm in an airplane, mm. not by turbulence because I've read enough articles that tell me not to worry about turbulence, oh, see, but, but like yeah, but... air traffic control screwing up or mm-hmm. somebody with a laser beam on the ground or drones or, you know, just yeah. f- mostly air traffic control screwing up or the pilots misinterpreting their, their systems. Like that's what I'm I worry af- about. I'm afraid of both of those. <laughs> and I just, by the <laughs> way, if you're listening to this on a plane, people. you're about to crash. Sorry. So sorry. Um... <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, but or in a self-driving car, if you're listening. In a self-driving yeah, car too. although yeah, you, equally sorry. What I hope for is a self-driving car that can listen to podcasts for me, and you know that way <laughs> I, I can save some time. You know, you can just play them and not listen to them. Right, that's another, that's another <laughs> yeah. option. My car's got a podcast playing inside it right now. Um, <laughs> but I'm in my car. But no, I I'm not scared of that part because, like, I don't know. I. I Everything I've read from the reports on the self-driving cars is they drive like grandmas. I mean, and not not drive like grandmas meaning they crash and can't see the road, but they drive like grandmas like they're very cautious and they follow mm-hmm. all the laws to the letter and they're like, they are not going to let another car get in their way. To me, like, as soon as there are some self-driving cars, all the self-driving car owners are going to be desperate for everybody to have a self-driving car. And I think at some point it's going to be inevitable. Right? I think it's going to have to become the law at some point. Like, I'm just, I'm really confused as to how this became a thing. How did awesome. that become... I get. I guess. I suppose. I don't know. Whatever. But you know, it's like we could have public transportation too. But yeah, you know, no, it's we true. All... <laughs> but I mean, it's this is this is like the Uber version, and I'm using Uber the app, not the German word. It's the Uber version of of public transportation, right? Because in theory, you can eliminate car ownership because um, you don't need to own your self driving car necessarily. So it can you just have a self using. A self-driving car comes and picks you up and then takes you. Right. Like, I'm, I'm sure some people would want to own their cars, but I think that, you know, there's going to be some hybrid of what Zipcar does versus what Uber does versus what Google's working on because you don't need to own the car, right? As long as there is right. a car that can come get you, yeah. uh, it will. And then it takes you where you want to go. And then rather than sit in a park, because most cars are parked most of the time, right? That's just mm-hmm. how it works. You eliminate that. There's probably way fewer cars that need to exist. And I think it's going you know, to it's helpful for traffic yeah. and for parking yeah. and all this. Stuff. I think it's going to be great. I think it's going to be and great. And I guess I could, I could, you know, I could drink a lot more then. Yes, while you're in the car. Right. Um, like I already don't. No, I don't do that. <laughs> I. It's too. It's too difficult. You spill your drink. Nobody wants to do that. I don't know. Like I'm more scared of going on amusement park rides than I am of getting in a self-driving car. Like, mm. Amusement mm. park rides, like they have the the finite track and everything else, but they're run by people who don't give a shit about their jobs and they're inspected by people who don't give a shit about their jobs. And well, I would, I would, I would think that at Disney that that's probably not true. <laughs> but, uh, well, they probably still don't care about their jobs. They might, um, yeah, they may not care, care about their jobs, but, but, but like they, they get inspected regularly at least. <laughs> the self-driving car can't get bored and can't get grumpy. And it's like, it's programmed to handle everything. I like that. I don't know. Yeah, I've just, I've seen too many movies where robots go berserk. There was that movie that, there was that movie that advertised on this podcast. <laughs> Gotcha. <laughs> Ex Machina. They're trying to kill us. They're going to kill us eventually. Yeah. The rope of the king. You know, I don't know. But it seems like there are so many other things that it could have been instead of this. And then for some reason, all all of the technology companies are now into self-driving cars are working on that for like the next, you know, 10 years from now or whatever. I don't know, man. I'm glad though. I think it's great. Okay. I, the future is cool. And speaking of the future and things that are cool, we have one other advertiser I just want to mention really um, now 
I was going to say really quickly, but that seems like it's a disservice to the advertiser. I just want to, I want to do it immediately. That's what I meant. Okay. Softlayer delivers a cloud built on demand. Your business applications and compute workloads are different from everyone else's. So you deserve cloud resources that meet your unique needs. Some workloads need to scale up and down quickly, and they benefit from virtual servers in a public cloud environment. Some workloads need the raw power of bare metal or dedicated servers for computer storage intensive tasks. Softlayer is one of the only cal- <laughs> it's a clown. Softlayer's a clown. Softlayer is one of the only cloud providers that provisions bare metal servers and virtual servers from a single seamless platform, all on demand, all connected to the same open API all connected to a global private network. Softlayer is an IBM company. You know IBM. And it's the cloud infrastructure foundation of all IBM cloud products and services. Even if you're not looking for infrastructure, you can benefit from Softlayer infrastructure when you use platform or software services for IBM cloud. All of our listeners, that's yours and mine, not Moran's because he's not here. All of our listeners have the opportunity to get $500 of cloud infrastructure by visiting softlayer.com slash podcast. You can order bare metal servers, virtual servers, storage, networking, and security services in your choice of 24 data centers around the world. And all of those servers and services are connected to Softlayer's unique network of networks. And they separate public, private, and management traffic so the traffic is to and from your cloud infrastructure and it's as efficient as possible. You can automate and control Control your cloud infrastructure with a granular API, or you can perform any necessary management actions in the easy-to-use Softlayer customer portal. So go to softlayer.com slash podcast, that's S-O-F-T-L-A-Y-E-R dot com slash podcast, to get started with your $500 off servers, storage, network, and security on a cloud built on demand from Softlayer. Our thanks to Softlayer for sponsoring The Rebound, and visit softlayer.com slash podcast for that $500 offer. Pretty sweet. Uh, do you want to do any follow up on uh, on, oh. on, on on advertising or not? Or do you want to just leave that alone? No, I'm happy to. Um, okay. uh, we touched on a nerve, <laughs> specifically TJ's. TJ's. Um, hi TJ. Hi TJ. TJ listens every week, and yeah. I love passionate listeners. Um, so we talked last time about ad blockers. And right. I put forth, I'm not blaming you, Moltz. It was all Moltz, but I'm not blaming Moltz. I put forth the argument that to me, running an ad blocker full time as you surf the web is akin to software piracy because you're trying to get the benefit of something that somebody's trying to profit from without paying for it, without them being able to earn a living. And um, so I was saying, especially like if you have a freemium app and you hack your iPhone so that when you want to get the IAP, you can point it to a fake, a fake server so that it can't do its real transaction checking. And instead you just tell, okay, I'm authorized for all the in-app purchases. Now you've used this thing that is freely available, but you've taken the premium benefits from it too. And you've done it without, without the, the developer getting paid. And I said, that's kind of to me what ad blocking is like because they're trying to make money and you're blocking their ads from being able to be displayed on your screen. And so they can't, the advertisers aren't going to be happy. So they're not going to keep buying ads and the site doesn't make money. Uh, TJ did not agree with that assessment. Um, 897 tweets later, because the conversation grew beyond TJ, right? Uh, right. Uh, various other internet peoples were in there. Uh, nobody was convinced of anything. <laughs> no minds Everybody were Everybody stuck to their opinions, and there's no, no ground was given on either side. Yeah. Just salted earth. Nothing but salted earth. Yeah. Yeah. So where do you fall on this? Did TJ well, convince you? I mean, I, like I said the last time, I think it's kind of a sliding scale. I mean, I think there, I think your point is perfectly valid. And, you know, when the ads are not abusive, 
Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think there be, there comes a point in the relationship, however, when the ads become abusive. And at that point, it's not, it's no longer, I don't, I, I just, the, the amount of things that these, some of these sites force you to download in order to actually view the, the content, the amount of like, like moving your window around and clicking on things in order to view the content is, has reached an abusive level. I'm, le- I'm slightly less not, I mean, I, there's a validity very much so to the argument you're making about, you know, the extra bandwidth consumed, but mm-hmm. I'm, sl- I, and I don't want to discount it, but like, assuming you are not on a, a metered plan, like if you're at your home internet connection and there's a bunch of ads that are going to suck up some extra bandwidth while they're downloading, like most people, that's not a real impact, right? It's not, in theory, it's not slowing down the 80 other internet surfers alongside them in their home. And it's like when you watch TV, they're using some of your coaxial bandwidth to put commercials over the waves to you. Or if it's satellite, like you're using something like... It can, I mean, when it takes like 15 seconds to, to... 15 seconds to load a page now is really not... Is no longer... We're not on dial-up anymore. That's... That's kind of abusive. Yeah, I agree, and I, I and I think it's crappy. And so I, what I was saying is, like, to me, the solution is even if it's crappy, it's not to say I'm not gonna uh, I'm gonna block the ads from this site. Like, if you go to a site that you know is shitty with ads, don't go to that. Site don't anymore. go to that site anymore. That's the fair thing. Mm-hmm. And so the arguments that you get are, you know, and I have been accused by DJ of poorly representing Marco's arguments. But one point that Marco made was this really is the whole web, right? You're, t- you're telling me to stop visiting every site on the internet because they all have crappy ads. And really what Marco's getting at is they all have privacy invading ads. Like we mm-hmm. call them, we call them Windows 10-esque ads. Um, <laughs> but so like, I again, like I said last time, I am totally okay with people who run blockers or opt out of things that violate your privacy. Like if you want to say, you know, don't let these things retarget me or do the targeting where they identify more of my demographic information, that's fine. But that's different from saying, let me block the ad servers themselves so that they can't show ads on my screen. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and cause like, so I, <laughs> I would read Gawker even though Gawker is terrible because I enjoy their terribleness, but <laughs> They have this thing that they started, I don't know, six months ago, whereas you scroll through an article on their website, like after a second or two, it pops up an ad that obfuscates the text on the page and has a countdown timer. Like you can get this thing out of the way starting in six seconds. And that's totally user hostile. It makes it unpleasant to go to the site. So I deleted from my RSS reader and that was it. Like I don't go there anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, And to me, that's... Uh, like I, I could have written a JavaScript extension because I'm a nerd, and I could have said, "Don't let that div ever appear on Gawker pages." But I was like, "No, that's that's there," which is effectively an ad blocker, just nerdier. Um, <laughs> but I was like, "I'm not going to do that um, because that's how they want to make money." I'm just going to not support them anymore. And I was yeah. a regular Gawker reader for years, so it was sad. Yeah. But I've I've been okay ever since. My hair got darker. <laughs> the gray went away. I basically been doing the same thing because I don't I don't actually run any ad blockers, um, and I just. And to to a certain degree, I go looking for bad sites a lot of times, so I have to deal with that from time to time. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I that's but people don't. I think people in general don't don't do what we do. Yeah, right? yeah. I think they. I think most people either run an ad blocker or just visit the sites and and suffer. Right, and I I mean. The reality is, it, and this was my point last time we talked about it, 
the more people who run ad blockers and the more people who make it easy for people to block ads, uh, I think the worse the problem gets overall. Because one, they're going to have to make even more money from the less tech savvy who can't block the ads. Mm-hmm. And then two, they're going to try to find ways to make more of you go see their around, ads. Yeah, go around the ad blockers. And like, and... if it means that the different website publishers have to move more slowly so they can literally like hand code every ad into their pages so that you can't block them. Uh, like that's what will happen. These sites are going to want to make money. The advertisers are going to be willing to spend it and they're going to find ways around it. So I don't think it gets better. <laughs> I think that we can coach advertise. Like I, we killed pop-ups, right? And that, that to me is the most compelling of Marco's argument. Everybody said pop-ups are bullshit and browser vendors included pop-up blockers. I think it's harder to algorithmically say, let's block obnoxious divs that float in front of content. Although if there were one, I'd be open to hearing about it. <laughs> um, no, but like, I think that we can... I, I think that advertisers are seeing that people are annoyed and annoying people is not the ideal way to have it. If it works, they're going to use it regardless. But I think that overall, an advertiser would rather find a way to advertise that works pretty successfully that doesn't make people hate them versus that does make people hate them. Uh, in general. In general. Not, in, not in every case. Right, no. There's some, like the Mac Keeper people yeah, are happy right. to annoy that's, you as much that as that possible. Was, that was exactly what I was thinking of. Love those guys. This episode <laughs> is also brought to you by, no, it's not. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Yeah, because if it is, I'm off. <laughs> no, no, that ad goes like this. This episode is brought Pee Wee Herman voice? I was just going to scream it the whole time. Or just scream it. Yeah, that's that's probably more more true to form. God, Mac. Uh, Fuck those guys. So how are you on uh, privacy stealing ads in self-driving cars? Uh, well, you know, if you're in a self-driving car, they can show you a lot more ads while you're in the car. Well, I think that, yeah, that's... Is that, can, is, that, is that what it's all about? They like, can probably that... take over the whole windshield and just put AdSense for the stuff you're nearby. <laughs> <laughs> you're in the Google Drive car. You're only four miles away from Starbucks. Aren't you thirsty <laughs> for coffee we're, right now? We're, we're going to take you to Starbucks anyway. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> Even if you're, you're not. thirsty, goddammit. <laughs> you can get there. You can get there for free if you go to Starbucks. <laughs> your, your, your trip will cost less if you go to Starbucks. <laughs> If you stop at Starbucks first. That's that. That maybe that's maybe that's it. That could be it. I mean, I, certainly, I there's nothing you can put past Google, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, Google. an Apple self-driving car will just take you where you want to go. Uh it might not go the right way though. <laughs> and <laughs> an Apple driving car will take you to a place. I just right, can't right, promise right. You where it'll be. It'll drive you through some some very interesting terrain. Some of it, some of it, which is melting. Honestly, <laughs> when you think about the issues that Apple's had in its history, like the Newton, the joke was, you know, the poor handwriting transcription with Apple Maps. The joke was like, you're gonna get lost. One, all it takes is one Apple self-driving car to drive you right into the middle of the ocean, and then suddenly it's all anybody's ever gonna talk about again. It's <laughs> <laughs> Apple self-driving cars are the ones that plummet you into exactly. the Pacific Ocean. Mm-hmm. Well. You kill one family and it's all the press wants to talk about. So unfair. And then they want to put up a bunch of ads in front of it. (laughs) Your death is brought to you by. (laughs) Well, is there anything else? Boy, I'll tell you. I have no idea. Um, Well, so are are you expecting you're going to get a new phone and a new iPad in the next couple of months? Like you're gonna um, get whatever the newness is, or are you you're gonna sit this round? I because well, I'm in an, I'm in this Verizon. See, I don't even understand this whole Verizon thing, but uh, I'm supposedly in this Verizon plan where I get a new phone every year. Mm. So uh, yeah, I'm expecting I'm gonna get a new phone. Nice iPad. I pay for myself, so I 
don't know. I don't really have any complaints about my... I have a first-gen iPad Air, and I don't have any complaints about it particularly, So, which is part of their problem, right? Um, so I wasn't... I'm not as surely planning to get a new one as I am a phone, and we'll just have to see what the what the feature set is. I've spent a lot of time praising T-Mobile on the show, but I do have a complaint about them this week. Oh, well, geez, let me sit down. So as I you, wasn't already sitting. As you know, uh, I did the th- everybody in my family now on my family plan has done this thing where you trade in your phone and you pay the $15 a month and you can get uh, oh, right, the right. six now. And then you finally, on, you finally relented and let them do it. Yeah, I did it. <laughs> I relented, let my parents do it. My wife did it. Now, when I went into the store in Texas and traded in my phone, they were like, you don't have to trade in your current phone if you don't want to. You could just trade in uh, an older phone. Like if you have oh. an older, uh, as long as a, you know, if it's a, a touchscreen phone and it works and it's not like super damaged and it can turn on, you can trade in that. And I'm like, well, I'll trade in this one anyway because I don't care. But maybe I'll have my wife trade in her, uh, like an old iPhone 4 instead of her current 5S. And they're like, that's great. That'll work perfectly. So I told Lauren don't bother bringing your, you know, you can take your 5S with you since that's your currently functional phone, but mm-hmm. you're allowed to do this. And she was like, great. And then uh, <laughs> yesterday, T-Mobile emailed me like, hey, you still haven't returned your iPhone 5C. That's what she uses. You still haven't returned your iPhone 5C. Uh, if you don't return it soon, you know, you're going to, you'll be paying for whatever's left on it. And I was like, what? And so when I called T-Mobile today and talked to them for ages, they were like, oh, yeah. What they told you, Lex, was true because you owned your 5S like completely. Uh, but yeah. her 5C was on the installment right. plan. Right. And so they should have told her, hey, if you do this, you still have to either buy out the phone or yeah. you know, be screwed. But like nobody told her anything. They didn't say anything to her. So, so they, But they took, they took yes, the other phone? They took the other phone oh, that's slimy. as a trade-in. And I was like, yeah. okay, I, just, I want my 4 back. And I was saying this to yeah, the guy good, on the phone. Right. I was like, I want my 4 back then. And he's like, well, you know, I clearly can't do well, that. Well, we, we ate that. Yeah. Um, we, we gave it to some guy. Some drug lord in Mexico has it now. Uh-huh. And uh, so I was really mad and still am. And so yeah, basically the that. solution is, by the way, uh, we get to pay 44 more dollars because there were still two $22 monthly payments left on the schedule. And uh, I can either give them back the 5C, which now like I have no interest in doing, or... um keep it and, and make pay. two more payments of $22 over the next two months or two more payments of 20. Yeah. $22 over the next two months. And then the phone is ours forever. But I let them know that I was really mad and I was like, yeah, I, I mean, I'm this, not going to fight with you over $44, but I'm really mad at you. I'm kind of thinking that maybe I should just, I should get out of this, this thing that I'm in the sub- subscription plan, whatever the heck I'm, I'm on because all these, it's like I never understand it when they go in and tell me what the deal is. It always <laughs> makes it sound like I'm going to pay for the phone that I'm getting every year for the rest of my life. And it, it just – I it, it probably better off just buying – paying. I mean, then this is why I'm not really worried about these so-called subsidies going away because I'm coming to the conclusion that you're much better off just paying for the phone up front anyway. Yeah. Now, I guess, I guess the one weird thing is that Verizon charges you like $20 or something, like a connection fee. Yeah. <laughs> like, Which is yeah, because so you got to, yeah, you really got to do a lot of work there. That's, I'm sure that's, that's what it is. So. It is, though, fascinating to observe how uh, Apple, and I think it really is Apple and not any of the other companies involved, but how Apple has broken the whole 
old model of how they used to do this phone situation. Because like now the carriers are getting rid of the subsidies mm-hmm. and they're, uh, you know, trying to make it easier to swap out the phones because they're getting people want to swap out their phones every year and they don't want to pay a bajillion dollars for it. And like that's, I feel like that's yeah. strongly Apple's influence more than anything else. And they're and they're constantly getting barraged by people who can't, so, you know, that process of like trying to check and see when your phone is due for an upgrade is just oh. nobody likes that. No. Yeah, it's ridiculous. My wife got stuck in that now, and now so she she just came up in June to get a new phone, and she can't. I mean, you know, she's not going to go out and get a new phone now. So <laughs> no, she's yeah, that basically was crazy. Just, yeah, yeah. So she's been waiting until September. So it's like <laughs> that's it's it's not doing them any good anyway. Yeah, because you because you know you're you're actually kind of almost losing something there because but, there's a gap in the cycle what are they doing with all the old phones they're collecting i assume that they're selling them someplace yeah but like now that they're doing so many of these and nobody i I, you don't see people i mean you don't see many people with iphone 4s but if you see somebody with an iphone 4 it's not like oh yeah i bought this used from a cell phone carrier it's like this is the phone that i've had since 1987 yeah i don't understand where are they selling it what parts i don't know parts is possible yeah i don't know i don't know where that stuff goes i want an expose on this john so that's your homework it, assignment for next it's, week uh, <laughs> there's a there's a there's a big like sinkhole in nevada it, it all goes it all goes in there i think that like the bathrooms at verizon headquarters are tiled in iphones <laughs> i would like to see that i would like to use that bathroom <laughs> Gives a whole new meaning to Verizon. We're number one. Okay. <sighs> That'll do. <laughs> um, well, before we go, though, I want to say one other thing. Okay, one you, more If thing. you don't mind. Oh, fine. That's fine. All it is is this. Don't forget, with Skillshare, you can explore thousands of online classes in design, photography, business, and more. Learn from the world's best teachers on your own schedule and join a learning community of over 1 million creators with real projects and feedback from the Skillshare community. It's like being in a real class on your own time. Classes can even be watched offline with the Skillshare mobile apps on both Apple and Android devices. Go to Skillshare.com and get three free months with the discount code REBOUND to check out for new customers. Thanks, Skillshare, for your support. Skillshare.com. Creativity for everyone except Dan Morin. Now can I go to the bathroom at Verizon? (laughs) Yes. Permission granted. (laughs) 